0: to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. That's all right. Um, I was sensing today was going to be a little different, kind of like last week, so we're just going with the flow, um, especially, that's all right, David, actually, that's fine. I probably won't use that. I guess they've already dismissed the 12 and 13-year-olds, I hope. If they, what's that? They're still worshiping. All right, well, 12 and 13s, so you guys can head out that way then um, for a quick quick lesson with, uh, with that class. Welcome in. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, and Corey, if you want to just stay up and keep playing. Uh, We might have you do a solo here in a minute Um, But no welcome in if you're watching from home welcome in and uh, we're glad that you're with us Uh, if you're new today uh, We really value um, Connecting with you and so at every seat there's a card there that Says connection card so you can scan that with your phone or you can fill that out and drop it off in one of the red boxes here on the wall Um, If you're a regular member Yeah, uh, if you're a regular member, it's all right, I'll, I'll be fine, figure it out. <clears throat> if, you're, uh, if you're a regular member, what we need you to do is to uh, come up here and preach for a minute because I, I lost my voice apparently. It's had me singing so high, all these girl keys. My goodness, Lord help us. Um, no, if you're a regular member, you can give financially by scanning the giving card or by texting any amount to eight four three two one, and uh, that's a way that you can support the the church financially. And we appreciate everybody that's doing that. Um, we ha- we have some special stuff going on today. Uh, we have we're, we're launching new small groups at the end of service. We're going to open that back door, and um, small group leaders will be back there. And I'll tell you leaders when you can leave so you can get ahead of the crowd. And you can catch people as they're running to their cars. Because um, apparently there's an award for whoever gets their car first after church. Um, I've never won that award. Thanks. But um, apparently there is one. So um, some of you guys are like Olympians in that. So uh, so we got to get ahead of you. So we will keep you here. Won't dismiss you. That's the trick. That's the trick. Um, anyway, now we want you to connect with... We have multiple small groups starting. I want to talk about those here in a minute. But... Um, uh, and there they are. But before, but before, <laughs> here in a minute. But anyway, at the end of the service, I want to talk about those. Um, as there's a couple things actually to to, to talk about. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm feeling the need just to continue to talk about the love of God for just a minute, if that's all right. Um, uh, I'm a big student of uh, of the Welsh rev- well of revivals in general down through history. I've always um, been inspired by uh, men and women of God who really experience. Uh, great moves of God and so uh, growing up that's that's all I wanted was just to to be a part of a revival Um, and I haven't got to exactly be a part of that just yet Um, but sometimes I guess shepherding people is is just as important as having great revival experiences so by God's grace we're trying to shepherd people Um, but ultimately we really want to see God move in in a powerful way Um, we're not we're not happy with just status quo church as usual we want to see the presence of God Uh, invade. As Duncan Campbell said, he came out of the Hebrides revival. I had this little cassette tape of Duncan Campbell, uh, and it's all scratchy and stuff, and it's a poor recording from the 40s, I think, or maybe 50s, and uh, I had it on cassette tape years ago, and uh, you know, his voice, he has this funny little accent, and he said, uh, he was talking about revival after the fact, right? which I've always thought was interesting. How do you go from that to regular life? Like, how does that work? Um, but anyway, I got to be close with Lindell Cooley, so he knew how to go from Brownsville to regular life, and uh, it's, it's interesting. But uh, Duncan Campbell said, Revival. He said, people ask me all the time, what is revival? He says, revival is not, and then he went on to explain what we often call revival. It's not a series of scheduled meetings. Uh, In other words, you know, like the church says, we're having a revival on March 24th through the 25th. It's like, you can't schedule it. Uh, You can't put it in the bulletin. Uh, Because it means to revive or to bring back to life. Um, So first off, it's not something that happens necessarily to sixth street or to the lost. It always starts in the church. It is a renewal. It's a renewal of the church, a revival. You can't be revived if you've never been alive to begin with. So that's called being born. So if you get born, that's awesome. But to be revived means you were alive, but then through years of compromise, of cynicism, of hurt, of neglect of your spiritual walk, through years of just not just not going through an entire week never picking up your bible never praying and then you start skipping church because the pandemic and and then you don't tune in online because it's not the same and then <laughs> not the same and nothing are two different things you know that you, re, you realize that right uh Wheaties is not the same as Captain Crunch but it's something you know what I'm saying and if you're hungry you'll eat something the woman at the well was not the same, but she's hungry, so she's getting something. And people who are hungry get something. When you stop being hungry, be careful because you're about to die. Uh, that's this is like physically, that's true, and spiritually, that's also true. That's what revives. So revival comes to the church. God revives people who were once alive. They did once care about God. They once cared about their walk with God. They cared about their fellow man. They cared about, but then slowly they. Uh, the life uh, seeped out of them. And Duncan uh, Duncan Campbell said, revival is the blossoming of God. And I love that term, the blossoming of God without the aid of evangelistic efforts or preaching. (laughs) As a preacher, that's interesting because I thought God needed me to tell you guys the truth and to help you, you know, and to encourage you. But through years, I'm just wondering who, like, who left their stuff right there. So, like, I can say stuff and see still stuff like that happens. I don't know what, I don't know what the deal is. So, there's, like, a plug or something. Someone's going to plug, like, a, something in. Be careful. There's water in that. Uh, but no, through, through, so the blossoming of God is, it's where, where God moves, And that's what Evan Roberts said. Evan Roberts says, it's not even necessarily his preaching. Evan Roberts was the main preacher of the Welsh revival. In 1904, the Welsh revival at that uh, time, I mean, and probably since, was one of the greatest revivals we've ever seen, where 70,000 people were saved within two months. (laughs) So the church got revived and then the world noticed. So that's, that's how this works. The church gets close to God and then the world takes notice. The world doesn't take notice of people who look like them and act like them and value like them and think like them because pretty much they're the same. They, so they don't, they don't notice that, nothing special. But what happens in revival is the church gets alive again spiritually and the world takes notice. And so within two months, 70,000 people and within six months, 100,000 people. Were saved, and it was so impactful to the country of Wales. Wales is not big, even now, but back in 1904, it's not that big. And so back in 2004, I got the privilege of actually going to Wales. And it's the, it was the 100-year anniversary. It was September of 2004, coming up on the 100-year anniversary of when the Welsh Revival started in Wales. And we got to go to the actual place where Evan Roberts started having prayer meetings. And it was about a prayer meeting with about 5 to 10 young people. It was like 20-somethings. And they were gathering to pray for God to bring revival for God to change their country. They were concerned about their country, that their country wasn't following God, and so they were gathering together to pray. And and Evan didn't know it, but actually all around Wales, multiple little prayer meetings had started, mostly young people, teenagers and 20-somethings. Uh, and they were all gathering to pray And it wasn't large and it wasn't big And Hillsong wasn't there And Elevation hadn't, you know, publicized It, it was just privately And nothing's there's anything wrong with that But the blossoming of God Is without the aid of amplifiers And electric guitars It's without the aid of, of Manipulating emotions It's without the aid of having people Like, okay, so when I call for baptism You're going to stand up and come down the front That'll encourage everybody else to follow no, It's without all of that like God does stuff. That's what revival is. Where a preacher doesn't do stuff, and it's not about his personality or his YouTube following, where a worship leader doesn't do stuff, and it's not about his or her personality or power. It's about God moving. And so that's why, that's why in the simple I think it was the Bleninoch chapel is what it was called. I don't speak Welsh, but anyway, it was the Bleninoch chapel that where where Evan Roberts and a few guys gathered and they began praying for God to move. And really one of the main songs, and this is something that I, I, had t- I typed up and sent them a slide for, because I just felt like the love of God was so important. One of the main hymns coming out of the Welsh Revival that they sang almost every night, they ended up having meetings like every night um, in churches. And one of the main hymns that they sang was, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. And this was a key theme of the Welsh Revival. So I wanted to read these words to you. This is what they were singing all the time. I know we were just singing our own little song about the love of God. This is old school, though. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over uh, over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward to thy glorious rest above. And this was the thing, Evan Roberts said, uh, he's he's quoted as having said, what we need is a fresh vision of the cross. And we need a fresh vision of the love of God. And if we could understand the great love of God, and he said, what he's trying to think of his exact words, he said, not in a, a fitful way. And I thought that was interesting. Fitful, meaning here and then there. Like, okay, I see the love of God, I love it, and then I go back to my life and back to my passions and back to my pursuits and back to what I'm doing. He said, we need, to, we need a vision of the love of God, not in a fitful way, but in a way that changes our everyday life. And this is what they were praying for. And so they were gathered, and there's a story about them gathering and praying in the Blenenoch Chapel, I think it was. Uh, We went to two chapels, the Blenenoch and the Moriah. And so one is where they started prayer meetings, and one is where they started having, like, church services. And so in this prayer meeting, uh, one of the uh, key moments that really sparked the revival was in this prayer meeting, there was a young guy, and he was praying uh, that God would bend the country. And this, this idea of bending became, if, if you read quotes from the Welsh Revival, this idea of God bending us toward him, that's something that's repeated over and over and over again. There's only one recording of Evan Roberts actually preaching. It was recorded on this old, like, I don't know what they're called, but it's like the record, and it's like three and a half minutes. You can find it on YouTube. But anyway, it's really interesting. But if you, you can read his sermons and different things, and he only preached for about 15 minutes. Come on, somebody. And, uh... <clears throat> And they sang for a lot longer than we sang, but they only, and he wouldn't preach until he saw, he said he saw his angel come in the back. So one, like one night, he just, he just came in, the place was packed, and by by packed, I don't mean like American packed, I mean like Wales packed So a uh, Welsh—this would be a big Welsh church, by the way. This is large. This is—but they, they build them up, and so that you sit in these circles that kind of ascend and go up. Piano is in the middle, and a worship leader, the, the band—or not the band, but the choir, I guess, is in the middle—and they're, and, and they're singing this song. And, and, and it said that one time Evan was like, he was waiting up top, And he was waiting, like, basically for God to to tell him when to come down to his seat. His seat was down near the front in the the circle. And so he came down. He knelt down at his seat and began to pray. And he prayed for three hours. And the band was like, all right, so we've done that song once. Maybe we should do it again. Let's do that song again. Let's do that song. And for three hours, they they worshipped while Evan prayed. Now, now, in most churches, people be gone. It's like, well, I got, I got lunch, I got the thing, but well, God, when, but that's because that's, that's what humans can do. Humans can hold your attention for about fifteen, twenty, thirty minutes, but God can captive so captivate you, and your imagination, and your emotions, and your heart, and it's not, and so He's just praying, and while He's praying, God's moving, and then He got up and preached for fifteen minutes, and then you know God fell, and people. Got saved. Lots of people got. It was just amazing. And so this is, but it, it started with this prayer of, Lord, bend the country. Bend, like like Wales is is not leaning toward you. It's leaning away from you. Our government is not leaning toward you. It's leaning away from you. So so bend us back toward you. Like that song, right? I am a tree bending beneath the wi- weight of your wind and mercy. Right? There's a there's a there's a There's uh, one one time I remember we were were preaching at uh, in Fort Myers, Florida And so we were flying in and a hurricane had just come through as it does quite frequently through that area And it's like all of the oak trees were gone All of the strong stubborn Trees were gone the only trees that kind of live in that area or at least survive for very long are like palm trees because they're very bendable. (laughs) And sometimes we're like, oh God, you know, breathe on me, breath of God, Lord, blow across me. And we're so stubborn that literally if God told us what he wanted us to do, we wouldn't do it. If God was actually honest with us about what he expected from us, if he actually was just clear and just absolute, and this is what I want from you starting this afternoon, we wouldn't do it because we have other plans and we have other principles. We have other priorities. We have other things in our life that are unnegotiable, not negotiable. I am this and I dress like this and I listen to this music and I watch these movies and I and I, and I I have these friends. And when I'm around these friends, I act like this because that's who I am. We're like the Oaks, honestly. And this is why God does. Doesn't move because he would basically just snap, 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 snap. Like churches would be falling all over the place. People would just be giving up on their faith. and so God patiently, he holds back revival. He's patiently waiting for people who can be revived, who will not be slaughtered by the weight of revival. And so the, the key is, so Evan Robertson and, 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 and this other guy specifically was saying, God, bend our economy, bend our country, bend our leaders, bend the church, bend, like bend us towards you. And uh, they took a little break from praying. And when they came back, Evan Roberts said that God, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, okay, Evan, but are you bendable? <laughs> are you able to bend? And this became Evan's prayer. Lord, bend me. Bend me. I know my, my country is kind of messed up right now, but, but bend me. I know, you know, the politicians in and, and Washington, D.C., and there's the virus. And, but, but no, the key is, are you bendable? If God spoke to you, anything, ask you to give up anything, ask you to sell that car you love and give the money to the poor, well, they need to earn it. They don't I'm not a Democrat. Well, okay, I'm not saying you are. Just hold up. Hold up. <laughs> no, we have, we, have, we have principles that we will not violate. And they're not biblical principles. Jesus actually told somebody one time, everything you got, sell it and give it all to the poor. That was the Democratic Jesus. The Republican showed up later. But uh, when he said, thou shalt always have guns, I think that's what... That's what he said. And it was like, and we were like, yeah, amen. Amen, brother. Amen. And all of Texas said amen. You know what I'm saying? But it's, yeah, yeah, I'm from Michigan. So we got like, you're not taking our guns. You're not taking it. We're, we're going to the woods and uh, <laughs> you have to come and take it. But, but no, we, we, we were not bendable. And my, I, I just feel like if you want to experience the love of God as love, And not as heavy judgment. Because here's the deal. The love of God is just breathing across this land. And certain people are bending in the direction of his will. And others are standing staunchly to what they are. And God would never ask me to be something different than what I feel that I am. (laughs) You've never met God, have you? You've never, he's just... He just made you and then just set you off and you just make your own way like how does this work throughout scripture god is always bending people god's grabbing people like like moses in the backside of the desert who's just content to be watching his sheep and taking care of his wife and and just living out there and God's like okay you're going to be my mouthpiece and Moses is like no I'm not and he's like yes you are and Moses is like I can't speak very well God says I didn't call you because you're talented I called you because you're bendable and so so bend in my direction so pull, like, and this is the Holy Spirit. He's pulling us. And even, even now, I sense that God is pulling people. And even over the past few weeks here at City Chapel, God's saying, okay, this is what you normally do. You know, you're preaching on Daniel. Normally you do that, but I want you to bend in this direction. I want you to lean in the, because I'm doing something because I am greater than your talent level. I can do more than whatever it is that you think you can offer me. Like, like and, and, and we, but, but we must become bendable. Evan Roberts said, bend me. And this is where the, the love of God, oh, the deep, deep love of, I go to the first verse. Oh, the, the deep, deep love of Jesus, uh, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. It, you, you, you don't have control in an ocean. And your feet can't touch the bottom anymore. You don't tell it where to go. <laughs> it tells you where to go. And this is the love of God. We jump into it. We dive into it, not just at our ankles or our knees or our waist, but in the ocean level, like over our head. And we're swept away by it. But first we, be, we become bendable to him. First we become soft to him sensitive to him man we were reading from what was it, in staff meeting i was reading from uh was it first peter where where he talks about husbands and wives you all like this y'all go home and read it especially the women uh you should you should check out what he has to say about the women uh no, he's so countercultural. It's not, he's, uh, uh, God's not a feminist. He, um, he's very much for women though. <laughs> he's very much for their happiness. But he says in First Peter, he says that, what does he say? He said, he said, don't adorn yourself on the outside, right? With fancy hairstyles and jewelry and stuff. And that doesn't mean you can't wear jewelry. But it just means don't put your focus on that. That's, this is not who you are. You are not this Ladies, you're not what you look like on the outside. You're not your weight. You're not your height You're not your skin color. You're not your hair You're not your jewelry and guys you're not your car (laughs) You're not your house. You're not your job There's no this out here is fine, but it's this is not it. It's not who you are And so in first peter, he says instead Adorn yourself with what does he say a quiet and gentle spirit? adorn yourself with a quiet and gentle spirit. Now, that's not a quiet and gentle personality. You can have a loud personality and have a quiet, quiet spirit. You know what a quiet spirit is? It doesn't mean it doesn't, you don't make volume. Quiet means you're not conflicted. I'm, I've been quieted, right? When an animal is, when a horse is quieted, he's not bucking and kicking and running all over. He's quieted. Now, he might be brave. You might be bold. You might be loud, and that's fine. Ladies, it's fine to be loud. It's fine to be strong. It's not okay to be conflicted, to have multiple desires raging within you, multiple things, multiple. This is what produces anxiety and stress. And, and God doesn't want that. He says, I want you to have a quieted and gentle spirit. In other words, no matter how bold I am, I can treat people gently because who I am is, is gentle on the inside. And this is, this is where my beauty comes from. And I feel like the Lord. I, I was I was talking. So weird. so this this has to do with obviously, ladies. If you are wives, check out First Peter. Um, if you plan on becoming a wife, definitely read First Peter. Because if you can't have a quiet, and gentle spirit when you're single, it's not gonna happen when you marry Prince Charming. Because he's not he's not gonna do everything you want. He's not gonna, he's not anyway. So, it, 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 but but for me, you know, this is this is great for you know one-on-one Bible studies with Roe. It's great great stuff. We are just. We're planning that, babe, wherever. Where is Ro? She's so quiet and gentle, but she's next door. Okay, so anyway, no, um, no but, but we're also raising a wife, a potential wife, if God calls her to do that. Her name's Madden, she's 13. And I want her, I want her, I, 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 of course I want to tell her that she's beautiful out here, but I never want to build this up as if this is actually important because this can go away. One car accident can really, Mess this up, a disease can really mess this up. But God's fine with that because that's never where He found your beauty, anyway. And in fact, some of the most beautiful people who know they're beautiful are not very quiet and gentle people. They're arrogant, they're mean, and they still think they're ugly. <laughs> they still find something in the mirror. It's amazing. And so, and so, what I want, I want to train my my, my daughter to, to be sub, like submissive to the Holy Spirit, to. Not be strong, independent woman. No, she, she's my daughter, so she's got that covered. Like, that's, problem. that's not a problem. She's not going to be a doormat. That's fine. But she must yield. She must learn to bend to the will of God. You say, how do 13-year-olds learn that? Well, if you're 13, you're, actually, you're over there. If you're, <laughs> God spoke to me when I was 12 and said, your, your parents are the Holy Spirit in your life right now. So yield to them. Bend to them. Lord, they're not perfect. <laughs> it's practice. That's why, that's why That's why. I don't give you the Holy Spirit right away. Because if you can't submit to an imperfect person who's kind of like you, you definitely won't submit to the Holy Spirit who is perfect and who is not at all like you. Because you can sort of understand your parents. Sometimes God says stuff that it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like it's a way out there. Because it's because he's perfect and his standards are perfect and his ways are perfect and he calls us to that and he empowers us to step up to it. But man, if you can't, if you can't step up to, you know, cleaning the dishes, taking out the trash, if you can't step up. And so, and so seriously, like this is the, the Welsh revival saw real, like what I would say, real salvation. So much so that they had to retrain the donkeys. There's a lot of coal miners in Wales and um, they used donkeys back in those days to go into the coal mine and pull carts of coal, and then they would they would load them up and the, the donkeys would go out. And what happens was so many coal miners, which Evan Roberts was a coal miner initially, so many coal miners were getting saved that the donkeys didn't understand the commands without cussing. <laughs> and so they they literally they started schools to train donkeys, like how to go. Forward and stop and make a right and make a left basically without cuss words. Come on, you you know salvation's real when a donkey can tell the difference. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are like, I got saved, and their husband's like, Really, you did? What when, when when did this happen? What what? No, but when you like when when it's real, your pets will know it. Your kids will know it. You're like if you get saved and your mouth doesn't get saved, you didn't get saved. You know what? So it's real. Like it affects your everyday life. You so say I'm I'm open to the will of God. I'm like okay, great. Your pets will know it. Your wife surely will know it. Your kids absolutely. Your coworkers totally will know that something has happened on the inside of you. I'm not saying that you suddenly become Mother Teresa overnight, but whoever is born of God is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. And so so there's a maturity process that's from now to eternity, right? But I'm telling you, man, like donkeys can tell a difference when you're actually bent toward the will of God. When you're living moment by moment, saying God's listening to what's coming out of my mouth right now. God's watching what I'm doing, what, where I am on the internet right now. God's, God's with me right now in this relationship and how I treat my wife is how I treat God because she is an extension of him. It's First Peter, by the way, be, be considerate of your wives. That's a whole nother sermon for all the guys. Consideration, you know, thinking about her ahead of yourself. Yeah, that's what, that's what he's saying to do. And that only comes from the Holy Spirit. I don't have a considerate personality. I just wasn't born that way. (laughs) I happen to think about myself first and second and third, but the Holy Spirit moves on my heart and he changes me. And so just as we're, it's time to go. It's time to sign up for small groups. It's time for us to move forward with the day. But man, I feel like God's calling some people to become more bendable flexible pliable by him and so man let's just let's just respond to that back in ever back in ever roberts day he would he would have you stand up and share in front of everybody what it is that you are deciding it's great it cuts down pride and just you know helps with accountability and people will pray for you there's no judgment. People just get up and share, and say, "I, I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus, and here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Here's how. Here's how I'm going to be different." So I don't know. We we don't have time for all that. And some of you are really long-winded, and I don't know. Even more so than me. Um, but man, I don't know. If you're if you're if you're if God's laying in if his if he's blowing on you and nudging you to, to bend in a particular direction. Would you stand with me? Just stand up as a, it's kind of the opposite of bending, I guess. It's standing. And I just want to pray with you. See, this would have taken way too long for everybody to share, but I would encourage you to share with somebody. Seriously, we're going we're gonna to end service. And you're going to have a lot of time to share with somebody what the Holy Spirit, what Jesus means to you. Hmm. what the love of God means to you. Father, we come before you right now and we pray for these ones and people that are online watching from home or from the road or wherever they're at. Lord, we come before you. We thank you for the deep, deep love of Jesus. And some of us have been sticking our toe in the shallow end, but Lord, we want to get into the deep end of your love where we are swept away, where it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, that Christ affects my mouth, that Christ affects my relationships, that Christ affects my drinking habits, that Christ affects my friendships, that Christ affects my boundaries, that Christ affects my sexuality, that I am swept away in submission to him that I don't have these, these sort of untouchable places in my life that are off limits for him. And I'll let him in this far, but, but he better not say anything about this relationship or about how I date or who I marry. He better not say anything like that. He better not come up against my sexuality. He better not come up against my, my, the way I relax. He <laughs> better not come up against my entertainment. He better, better not touch my money. He better not mess with that. Better not mess with the way I treat my husband because, because I, I've been through a lot and this is just how I've come to be. Like, no, no, what, what if God had free reign? What if the river, what if the, the, the ocean of God could just flood your house and just rearrange chairs, furniture, relationships, conversations, everything? What if he had access to tell you, I don't like that? This grieves me this hurts me when you do that, when you say that, when you act like that, when you roll your eyes, this bothers me. This is not quiet and gentle. This is not considerate. This is not the how I am. What if he had access? What if he he could just tell you that? What if you're open to that? I'll bet bet he'd speak to you if you're open. (laughs) I guarantee you'd hear him a lot more if he just said, Lord, I'm open. Come and bend me toward your will. Come and bend me toward your way. In Jesus' name.